Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fill in the Frame Photography Podcast. On today's episode, we have Richard Crum, also known as Vish. Hope you enjoy. What started it for me when I met you was, you know, working at Fuller and Bikes, mm-hmm. and you were like my manager, mm-hmm. and, but you were super into BMX and in the BMX world. Yeah. You had a lot of connections, you knew a lot of people. And then you started throwing those jams, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the coolest thing because we would build these gnarly, stupid, small ramps, but people would rip on them. Yeah, and you would, and then you started making little video edits out of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And previously, like, did this, did you ever do stuff like video like that before? <clears throat> um, or I would say, what really started? Well, Fullerton Bikes is like the big component that made it like a thing to pursue i guess because the idea and the fascination existed but no like action mm-hmm. you know so um for me i remember as a kid watching things about behind the scenes of movies and that was like so interesting to me and then i would never watch the movies mm-hmm. i would just watch the behind the scenes mm-hmm. so i always had a fascination with how things are made especially in like video and stuff like that but i never like thought i could do it um but i think bmx made videos really accessible mm-hmm. like you just film it you could cut it up yourself put it together and then i'm right in the sweet spot of the internet like yeah you know i i really wanted to make a dvd when i was uh getting into filming because so many people before me made the dvd but you didn't have to if i didn't i could have just went straight youtube vimeo whatever was out at the time and just did that but mm-hmm. um I, you know, went about trying to do that, but that's, you know, that's a little bit later on from what you're talking about right now. And yeah, cause that was the whole yawn. <clears throat> yeah, that was, mix. that was that. And, um, that was like a, you know, a short lived thing. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that BMX just had a video component to it, just mm-hmm. like skateboarding. Um, and so that was about all I knew about videos is like you film them, you put them on the computer, you cut them up and you put them out and that they were fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people started recognizing what I was doing, like especially Mike Franzi from the mm-hmm. bike shop was the person who invested in, if we got some gear, could you make videos for the bike shop? Mm-hmm. And that was where everything like changed. So before that moment, um, actually before that, time i did buy like a what are the big the mac uh, an imac yeah i just bought like an imac and i did it for recording music like music was like the first thing i actually was interested in I actually did that was like uh, similar to video but like i kind of got over it like i messed around recorded some stuff what are mm-hmm. you gonna do with it like especially at that time like mm-hmm. i guess this is like i don't know when when were you working in the bike shop this is like 28 2008 no oh, 2000 no like 2008 <clears throat> 2008 2009 yeah right mm-hmm. okay that's the time frame because i think our big like the jam you were talking about is mm-hmm. the mike aiken benefit which i think was 2009 yeah and that was like the, the big thing that we did that was like actually went off really well and i was like super surprised and we did some smaller stuff after that mm-hmm. um but that one was like super exciting and and that one yeah, I don't know. It, there's obviously a video component to it, but like at that point, we're just trying to throw the jam. And then I made videos to promote the jam. And mm-hmm. I think that's where even till today, like even to today, 
that's kind of what I do and I figured out a long time ago is like make video flyers, make teasers, let people know things are going on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you, everything you do usually has a better response. Mm -hmm. um, and like in the age of like Instagram having videos and things like that, I was early to like, at least within BMX, I was seeing uh, the opportunity to be like, oh, if we're having a jam, maybe let's pull the ramps out into the alleyway mm -hmm. and ride the ramps and then make a little flyer, put the dates, put the address, put all this stuff in the video so that people watch it. They go, oh, this is happening. And they maybe, maybe people don't interact. You know, like a lot of people are looking for like a post to have a like and a comment. But just by seeing it, you've already let people, they're aware. So now they make up their mind if they're coming or not, whatever. Mm -hmm. It might not have any, might have to be the lowest interaction you're going to have, but that doesn't, but that people always showed up and I felt like those kinds of things help make those things happen. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's a video, but more so it's like a tool to get the word out and yeah. like those kinds of things. And obviously, you know, I ended up making lots of videos and doing stuff like that later on, but like early on to the, uh, the stuff at Fullerton, it was like filming like local BMX people and then putting on that jam and then I started filming other riders and I did start making stuff for the bike shop, but like, I'm actually like pretty lucky in a way because Mike invested all this stuff into me being able to get that going, like mm -hmm. the, the videos for the shop. Mm -hmm. And there were so many times I left to go film stuff of like fit riders at the time. This is before Cole ever started. Um, and I was like at work and I just be like, can I go? And he'd be like, yeah, go with his gear, go do the thing. And then yeah. like, eventually I move on and I have to give him that stuff back later. And it's like, it's a whole, a whole process to that. But like, I didn't even do that much stuff for the bike shop, but he was just down. So he's like a huge pillar in like taking the steps of me growing into actually like being able to do video for a living. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, this the the bike shop time, knowing you from the bike shop, things like that, like that is a pivotal area in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know, I'm just messing around for the most part, and then because I do know a few people just from BMX, kind of being smaller and the like the industry of it, I guess, being yeah. in California and like the owners of places like Robbie Morales coming to Fullerton Skate Park, mm -hmm. like you just happen to meet people, know people, so when they need somebody to do a bike check. They grab me and they go, hey, try this out. And they needed some other things uh, over at um, the Fit Building at the time when they're working on a video and they need behind the scenes stuff done. Mm -hmm. I somehow got in there to like do some lower stuff. There were like real pro video people working on the actual video and I was doing some side work and yeah. stuff for social. Again, it's like my thing is a lot, it seems like comes from the like promotion of stuff more yeah, so yeah. than it is even like that obviously I, I I do end up doing it later on, but like early on, it's like video flyers and like uh, promos and, and, and then my own stuff, you know, working on a DVD to like kind of learn and approve to myself and like put a well-rounded cast of characters together. They're all my friends, but they all played a role. I mean, I had really, really core street dudes. Is and Andrew were like my best friends. Uh -huh. and Dave Escobar, also super good friend. Davey Alvarez, who worked at the shop with us, yeah. super good friend. And then Pat Casey, who I didn't know as well. But like he was a local and he, you know, became a superstar BMX rider. Yeah. And he's on a different sphere of like, you know, Type. doing like yeah. ramp riding and all this kind of stuff. But like 
I actually watched that video recently because um, I was trying to show my girlfriend like a piece of it. And then she was like, can we just keep watching? And so we watched a bunch of the parts and like she, of course, loved Pat's part. Mm -hmm. But I thought that it was kind of cool that I was able to go find stuff for Pat to ride that he could do his tricks on, but we're in the street. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like stuff I'm still doing now. And like I didn't even realize how I put that together. So it's like that's like a production side. You yeah. Know? Like it doesn't even have to do with video. You could... You know, Dakota is like the gnarliest spot guy. You hit him up, he'll find a spot for you. He can like he literally is like a production guy. Like mm -hmm. even though he films and he can edit, he can do everything. But like you bring him out on a session, he'll fix the spot, he'll he'll brick rub the ledge, he'll like have every tool he needs. Like so like there's like so many aspects into BMX um filming that have like got me to learn a bunch of things. But early on it seemed to be like promotional stuff. Yeah. It's like really where uh, I I don't know I I did things I saw you have to make the thing and then you have to promote it too so yeah but where I'm trying to think of that time like where what were what were you putting it on to promote it Vimeo but like oh, we also had yeah, at at this time th this is this is a, a something to do with the era like the come up was a big deal yeah, yeah. oh yeah so blogging you yeah. the blog like it wasn't just my Vimeo page, it was how can I get the thing there? On there, yeah. Vital BMX existed, yeah. Ride BMX existed, mm -hmm. and so they were either pulling content, putting it there, but I also squeaked into brands quickly because of where I was. Being at the bike shop already gave me credibility mm -hmm. because I talked to the sales reps at places, they know who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, Robbie Morales is the dude who pretty much gave me any opportunity to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, Mike gave me the like fundamentals to like get out there and he believed in me, mm -hmm. but like without Robbie taking me under his wing, then I probably wouldn't, well, I definitely wouldn't have learned all the things on the production side that I've learned. And he also worked with me so much through a lot of mistakes that mm -hmm. I think a lot of people could have like been out a long time ago. Like some of the things that have gone wrong that are just going to go wrong, I could see ending, but we all just worked it out yeah. and, and we just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where like he can send me out tomorrow to do something and I'll make exactly what he thinks the brand needs just because uh -huh. I know what he's looking for or what, what he think would be cool. I was editing a video recently, actually just two days ago mm -hmm. and I was cutting it up and it has Colt riders in it. So I'm watching them. I'm like, duh, 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 but it's not for Colt. And I'm like, Hmm, I don't know what Robbie will think. And I'm like, Robbie doesn't approve this video, yeah. but at the same time, he's going to like it and watch it. But it's like, it's just funny because I'm still thinking, like, I don't make the video for him, but uh -huh. he's like the person I bounce ideas off of. Uh -huh. Like, if I was making something for you, you'd be like, oh, I want Kyle to like it. Like, I don't want him to not like it, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's just like one of those kind of things where um, it's in the back of my head and I've worked with him for so long that like, uh, it's just a thought that's, and it's an exciting thought because when he does like it, it's really he, you yeah. know, but you don't want him to not like it. If he doesn't like it, that means I'm doing something off. Yeah. It's like because he's like the tastemaker. He knows like a lot of times he gives me music ideas and like all these other pieces that if I were to do it, it would have come out a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And so I just take the ingredients he gives me and I go, okay, we can make something out of this, yeah. and then we cook up something. So. Well, what were some of those mistakes <clears throat> that you made early on that you, you know, that would kind of like not make it? Um. Well. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made, and this is something that like is super nerdy, but like super important. And I hope I can teach other people about this kind of stuff. And it is, 
about how to back up your footage and have it in multiple places and be able to keep track of it and know where it's at. Mm-hmm. I We went to his wedding and I didn't get to see a lot of the cult dudes at that time. It was kind of early on. I can't remember what year it is. But we made a we made a DVD called Small Talk. It was an AM video. So it's just after Talk is Cheap is done. Mm-hmm. I think there's like maybe two years in between. Um, so that probably is 2012. This is probably approaching 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think maybe he got married in 2013. Um, we go to Palm Springs, and I know a bunch of people are going to be there. And so I'm thinking, you know what? We're going to be hanging out in the hotel. Everybody's going to want to watch some of the stuff we have. Mm-hmm. So I grab this hard drive. I grab that hard drive. I grab my cameras. I got so because some people brought their bikes. We we're going to film ride like. So I bring everything with me mm-hmm. to Palm Springs, and uh, I never take that stuff out of the bag once. Nobody ever wants to look at it. It's it's just there was no time. It wasn't it wasn't the place. Mm-hmm. And um, we go have this great dinner, and we, the van is parked in the parking lot of the restaurant. And we get to the van, and I notice something's weird. And I look in the back, and there's nothing in the back. And we had just packed up all our stuff because I was going to drop them off, and then me and Dehart were going to drive back to uh, back here where he had a flight out in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I look in the back, and I'm like, "Yo, they got us." <laughs> That's like what I say instantly. Yeah. And and there's nothing in the back anymore. All my bags are gone. Everything's gone. And I didn't have anything at home of that footage. I mm-hmm. lost half of the project we were working at the moment. I, the, the cameras are gone. One bag they didn't get that was like farther up in the, in the front. And this whole time I didn't realize like how they broke into the car so that we're not even sure if I locked it or not. And it was like, I was like, no, I know I unlocked it. Cause the re I mean like when I hit the button, that's when the lights came on. And when I looked in before I even opened my door, I saw it was gone and mm-hmm. stuff was gone. So I'm like, all right, what is like that feeling was insane. And at that yeah. moment it wasn't even the footage I was thinking about. Like, the, my computer was gone, that was big, the cameras are gone. And then I realized, oh, I don't have this stuff. Like, yeah. and the footage is so, so important. It's everything. Yeah. Like, even on trips now, I, I will, when we get to, back to, like, the Airbnb or wherever we're staying, I put the footage on the computer right away on two different hard drives. And when we leave, I hide those hard drives in the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. separate places if somebody thinks they got one there's another one back mm-hmm. somewhere that you're not going to find it um <clears throat> and even in my own house i was doing stuff like putting the hard drive at the bottom of my laundry hamper like pulling the clothes out yeah. putting it there boom yeah like nobody's going to touch that right yeah. like and like super just other random places that i'm just like this stuff cannot be gone it's everything that we're working on yeah. and at the moment like i get home i'll uh I'll go through a timeline. I'll leave it like raw and I'll, I'll export it in high quality and I'll leave like handles on each end, you know, like a little extra space of the clip. And I leave, I put in B roll and things that might be important. And I just upload that unlisted to YouTube. Oh, okay. If I ever had it to grab it, I can download it. It yeah. might be a weirder quality. It might be something. Yeah. And there might be a much better thing to do than that. But to me, I was just going through the cult YouTube the other day and I have like all these different versions of stuff, all this like stuff. But I'm like, if I need to, I can click download and download that video again yeah. and at least have something to work with that's not forgotten, like yeah. or just gone in general. So that's just like a, 
that's a byproduct of me making those timelines and just being like, hey, here's the footage we have. And then I realized, oh, if it sits here, then I can just get it if I need to. But mm-hmm. I've never had to. Like, mm-hmm. well, like won't have to. Yeah, like a designated survivor. <clears throat> but those know? are like those are like professional things that I've learned. Yeah. Because I've made harsh mistakes, and if you lose half a project and you're like new to filming. At that point, you could have grabbed a veteran filmer and been like, this is our guy. He's going to handle this. But I was still there. It was, there was no, they didn't skip a beat. It mm-hmm. was just like, all right, well, let's get new gear and let's not do that again. Like, yeah. So, like, I, I learned all these things. A lot of, I learned a lot of things hard way. Um, I'll say another thing that almost has nothing to do with filming and I'm getting out of it right now. And this is probably the most boring part we're going to talk about is that <laughs> I didn't pay my taxes forever. Yeah. And I'm just getting out of this mess right now. Yeah. And, to figure that out early like it actually i'm finding out is not that hard but like you know as a freelancer you're, yeah, you yeah you really really have to to be on it mm-hmm. and there's like actually lots of things i think that kind of work in your favor if you can get smart with it and i didn't i just ignored it to the point where money gets hit out of my account now and i had to go to like this agency and they're working my debt down and it's like about to be all figured out but mm-hmm. like you know, it's not, I don't know, I'm not on the hook for everything that I owed because they're able to like consolidate yeah, it and yeah, figure yeah, it exactly. out. But like now that they're helping me with taxes, I go, why did I not just do it? Or when I get the money, take 25% out. Just stop pretending that you're getting 1500 for the, the job. Just yeah. like, just take it out. Like, I'll, you know, like it's, it's, it's just how it's going to be. Like you have to do that stuff. But how that's, long did it take you? Like how many years did you go without um, doing that? What's, I went the entire time like 2021 is the first year i've paid taxes since i've been a uh freelance videographer since like 2011 so 10 years yeah 10 years yes 2011 is when i quit fullerton and went just to work for fox that's when i went to work for fox because i remember when that happened yeah when i went to work for fox uh that's when i stopped doing I was just getting money. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some money. They didn't put you in on any. No, I'm I'm 1099. I could work for anybody, and I also worked for Fox. But oh, okay. they gave. I started seeing money that I didn't know you could get, and so I was like, "What? This is all I need to do." And I would like work a couple of days a week, and then make more money than I've ever seen. And then just thought that that was how it is. And then yeah. I realized that's not really that much money. It's just more money than I ever yeah. had. And I'm like getting to do something I love, mm-hmm. and I never put i it was always a get around to it later and i never got around to it later to the point where it got so heavy that i had to like ignore it and then it started eating at me and like i realized i had to get things straightened out and the real the real thing that happened that i made that i probably would not know what to do now but i reconnected with an ex-girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. we started dating and i we're talking very honestly and I, I didn't tell too many other people and I went you have to know this about me like I, I don't know if it's like to the point where one day I'm just going to be in jail and you need to know where I'm, I might be in jail and yeah and so uh this is what's up and she runs her own business and she goes um we're fixing this and she's like you're paying your taxes yeah. this year and you're going to start paying your quarterlies and she I uh I had did have a bunch of money in savings mm-hmm. um, because over the last like two years, I uh, in, I was living in Long Beach, and my roommate was like, "Oh, I'm gonna you know have my girlfriend move in this and that." I'm like, "Yeah, no problem," and I was either gonna get a spot 
or I'd take my van and convert it and live in my van. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I go this way? And so I was living in the van for like almost two years, but I was putting away a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did that. I had a couple extra like side jobs that got me some more money. And then like, but I just didn't really spend a lot. I yeah. spent it pretty, pretty minimal. And so then when the time came, like, let's do the taxes. I had all the money I needed to pay for my taxes. She helped me do it. And then I had all the money I needed to do for my quarterlies that, you know, you, you think you could just do your quarterlies as you get the money. But like, we took the money and said, well, if I get this much every month for the rest of the year, which is what what I was pretty much getting, I wasn't really getting anything extra. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, then this is what the prediction is going to be. And we put money in envelopes. And that was what I was going to pay every month and every, or not every month, but every, you know, every three months. Mm -hmm. And so then I started doing that. And so when it came time for the tax people, they're like, you know, the IRS is going to need proof that you are going to pay. And I'm like, I've paid my taxes for 2021 and I'm current on my quarterlies and I have the money to pay all the way through the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's like, nobody's ever done that. He's like, this is a, that's a, that's amazing that you have yeah. done that. And that's my girlfriend. Yeah. Like she put it in action I said yes, and now I'm learning. Like I don't need, I need her help here and there with some things, but I have to start taking on all this stuff and like becoming an actual professional. Um, and now I'm I'm going out trying to get more clients and like, like build my company. And like they're like, you know, I've I've just kind of made the same amount of money and work done the same amount of work. I work for Vans like full time. There's like times when I don't do too much for them. Mm -hmm. I said coal, right? No, but what did I say? I said Vans. Vans. Okay, I work for Vans part time. Okay, I work for Colt full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to switch that up. I work for Colt full time. Perfect. And then for Vans part time, and uh, I haven't really like got other clients. It's mm -hmm. just been those clients. And so um, this year, or twenty twenty three, it's about getting more clients and growing. A business and, and making it more like official but I never even thought of it that way because I looked at myself as just being a BMX filmer and doing uh -huh. these things and now I'm like I want to tell stories and yeah. I want to like I want to like get into so many more things so I'm super happy to have like kind of gotten on the path to correct the taxes mm -hmm. otherwise I'll probably just stay where I was it would eat me up and I would just never move forward but yeah. now I feel like this is the time to really move forward with this kind of stuff yeah so and then with telling other stories, like my buddy David, he showed me, yeah, David Graham. Yeah, mm, do I know him? Uh, he had a um, he had a brother. Oh man, now I can't remember his brother's name, but his brother was a big BM, like they're both big BMX guys. Okay. And it, his his brother died of cancer a oh, long really? time ago. Oh, yeah, a while ago. Oh wow. Um, but I thought you guys were new of each other. Um. Maybe Graham is the last Graham, name. Graham, yeah, and he was like a firefighter, hmm. or his brother was a firefighter. Okay, but now I hate when I do this when I bring <laughs> stuff to the table, yeah, and then I can't, yeah, bring it all the way. Mm -hmm. um, well, no, but my but my buddy David, he okay. um he was showing me the he showed me the video that you made of like the guy that made his own yacht. Ah, yeah. So I was helping my friend with that video. Yeah, but you did. But, a lot, but you did. We went and filmed filming it. Filming work. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that video is. Well, that's exactly it. So um, last year, I just realized that like BMX filming has 
it was something I was really into at a certain point. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say that I don't want to do it anymore. But that thing I don't really want to do is just make the edit. Like, the filming, like, filming the line and then the tricks landed and it took like an hour and a half or whatever and, and you got it. I'd rather be on the sideline with the camera filming the filmer work with the writer to get the clip mm-hmm. and then package that into something mm-hmm. and put like an arc or like just tell let people see what's going on mm-hmm. with within BMX than just the like landed trick even though it took all this work and that there's an expertise to how that's filmed and stuff like that my interest is moving on mm-hmm. like I want to piece the thing together I want to like um, shoot a bunch of different shots and figure out a you know link them all together or even just like to get all these different shots out of one person like instead of needing like a crew i I like the like diy the like how you how can you make this with like minimal stuff and then but make it professional or have a Mm -hmm. feel or something so i i really actually think that my expertise is kind of in the editing world okay but filming is a byproduct. Like you need that yeah, done. Yeah. But then again, if I film it correctly, the editing almost is nothing because I'm already all right. This piece, this piece, this piece. Put them together. Okay, they're together, and I filmed it good. So now I don't have to do that much editing. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that I do like to do is to like open footage, look at it, and a video starts to come to me, mm-hmm. and that is what I like the most. Mm-hmm. So filming is definitely something I want to do, and I really enjoy doing it. And the, the filming, the BMX video, and that's what I wanted to do for a long time, and I did it, and I've made a decent career of it. So now it's like, how do I go on? And I wanna give like advice to other people who wanna film BMX mm-hmm. and who wanna like get into that. I don't want anybody to not do it. I'm, just because I wanna take a different direction does not mean stop doing it. I need you to do it so that I can still watch BMX videos yeah. or like, uh, still have something to edit if somebody wants to send me stuff or hire me to edit something but like um the filming the act of it the, the, the how much it, time it takes but to go on a trip and shoot like a behind the scenes or like to cut like a different version of something like i would love to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because um you know when if, if you sit with a group of of writers and they're hanging out and somebody's trying something and they're like watching it go down and they're making jokes they're doing like all the stuff that you think is so rad about being there, mm-hmm. like that's kind of like the life of what BMX is. It has, it has like this special thing. I don't want that part to go away, but I want that broadcast a little bit more. And it's more than a vlog. It's not a turn the camera around, have it, let's just speak about ourselves real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to try and broadcast what other people are doing. And so I have like a bunch of ideas for things that almost look like TV shows. Mm-hmm. They're like... Little, I mean, they're for the web and they're, they're like, you know, 10, 15 minutes long, but they're going to sit in that feeling of like, uh, I'm getting to know this person or, and now when their part comes out, hopefully you're like rooting for them. Like, there's like a little bit more than just like, oh, he trucked down a huge set. You're like, hopefully like, did he truck down that huge set and you want to watch the video and roof? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just want to put a little bit more behind it. Than what I get to do right now with videos, so I want to like branch out too. Yeah, try this kind of stuff. So well, it's like even making a video part of making a video part. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but if I'm stuck making the video, it's super hard to make get those extra things. Exactly, you can do it. I, I just don't want 
to I want it to be the thing that I'm working on or doing. Mm-hmm. And um, and my you know I the other thing I love doing is like almost like not camera tricks, but like a few like practical effect things or special effect things that aren't really like that out there. Did you ever see the video of me throwing the toast? Yeah, dude, it, like me and <laughs> me and a couple of buddies at work talked about it yeah. a ton. Like, because so, I, I was saying how I knew you. Yeah. And then, not trying to uh, derail us too much, mm-hmm. but like this is mostly a photography podcast. Yeah. Only photographers. You're the first video dude on Lucky it. me. Yeah, and like I'm excited about it because I think of it I think of video and photography almost in the same like sphere of things. You know yeah. what I mean? One's moving, one's still. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of the same creativity and a lot of the same views on yeah. things are it's it's yeah. all the same. You know, well, like I, when I saw like the name of the podcast and stuff, I was like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool because it it does relate. It's not you're pretty much talking about composition, and you know, like, mm-hmm. and so it's like. It's like, yeah, like I don't get to go on the BMX podcast and talk about that. Who cares? Like, they don't mm-hmm. care about the like a feel of a shot and a composition or what it even took. And so I was like, yes, let's let's talk nerdy stuff. Like, yeah, and let's talk about getting into things like that. But like that, going back to that toast video, mm-hmm. is that was just like an idea, and I was like, I wonder if I can do this. And it started with just throwing the toast in the trash can. And then I was like, oh, I got to take the trash out. And then I did the shot where it like goes into the trash can. Mm-hmm. Did you see the behind the scenes video? Yeah. And um, and that kind of stuff I need to do more of too. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to start trying to populate a YouTube channel with that and some of this other BMX stuff that um, I'm talking about doing. But also like I need to make like spec commercials. Like I like Dakota rides for a brand called Salty. And it's pretty awesome. It's healthy. It's... Um, you know, it's good for you. Like Dakota himself, like actually uses the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like a good fit for him to be there. And I'm, and I know him and I don't really have any like work in that kind of style. So I'm like, well, can I just make like a promo with Dak and the like salty thing? See if they use And it. then like if they use it, they use it. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But like at least it's not just like a random thing. I'm not going to make a Coca-Cola ad or something. Yeah. Like I can I – can, and what I want to do, like parts, you know, things that I don't really get to do for BMX is go, all right, what's the research? What is salty? Like, mm-hmm. okay, they use these ingredients. Why would you drink this one drink? Like, you know, they have little shots and stuff. And so I figure out what the brand's about, what they're into, mm-hmm. and then kind of like look at their marketing that they do have and go, okay, they use a lot of colors. They use this font. They like, how can I like really make this look like something they made or would want made or just at least push myself to take like an average inanimate object like a like a drink and like bring it to life that you would want to buy it Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna experiment with those kinds of things and see like what happens and just put that stuff places and let people know like let people in that like that's what i'm trying to do like Mm -hmm. let them watch the production company come to life like okay today we don't have anything to shoot we're gonna make breakfast and we're gonna make it awesome Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna go you know yeah little dexter intro kind of style thing mm-hmm. i don't shoot like that kind of stuff in bmx so i'm gonna get to expand and start to do other things and then hopefully put the storytelling thing in there too mm-hmm. um i went to hawaii on a van trip and the locals are like hey we're gonna ride the skate park at night um 
all the locals pitched in, bought lights and a generator. We put the lights up ourselves and light the park at night because there's no lights there. And mm-hmm. it gets, you know, it's like daylight savings. It gets dark early. Everyone gets off work. They have nowhere to ride. So the locals did this stuff on their, on their own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I film this? Like, would you guys be down? And so we went to the skate park with them. We got there right when they were getting the lights out of the car. And I was just like, grab the camera I had on me, which was a little dad cam thing that I use for like effect. Okay. Um, I didn't even have my other cameras out of the bag. And I just like started filming them, bring the things in, bring the lights in that is. And then as they're putting them up, I asked one of the locals like, so what's going on here? And he explained like how they pitched in to do it. And then like, you know, I, I like wait. I'm like, I press record and I just wait. And they're like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Eventually they turn the lights on. It goes boom. And it lights up the whole place. Mm-hmm. It's like a string of lights around the fence. They're like climbing the fence to put them on, like all this stuff. And then they have a session. And I like, they do this, they do a train where they all like jump this hip. I was like, yo, can you guys do that train again? Like, that's just, it's just such a cool shot of them all like having fun together, mm-hmm. hanging out together. And so we're in Hawaii. And I'm like trying, I'm like, like other BMX riders need to see this. That would be inspiring for them. They yeah. can like, they can like see what's going on. So like, yeah, it's an easy edit to make because they're going to ride the park like they usually do. Some of them rip. A few of them are like flowed for Colt. So it like okay. has overlap. It's like yeah, a yeah. cool thing. It's not a Colt video, but like, it's cool that it's still in that world and and like i don't know there's a lot of pieces of it that that are really cool and then i had another friend while we were in hawaii and i was like dude take me to a hawaii food spot like let's see some of the 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 cuisine out here Mm -hmm. and so we did that and the the place we went to was closing and so some of the stuff they didn't have any more of so we have like a more traditional like food you could get here it's not like as cool as I'd like it to be on the food side, but mm-hmm. we did try. And he explained a lot about the culture of Hawaii, how they take so much food from all these different places. And you can kind of like have all this stuff that like you can have pretty much whatever cuisine you want because so many people have been through there and they've taken little Japanese they've taken little mm-hmm. from here, a little bit there. Yeah. And so, and then we even try something and I can't remember what it's called, but it's just the rice ball, rice ball yeah. with the spam, with on, spam it, on it. And yeah. the like seaweed wrap. And I do so bad with like, anything that has seafood in it at all i do terrible with it so i try a couple bites and so like this thing is coming together to look kind of like a travel show like i'm experiencing the food Mm -hmm. i'm showing what they're doing with the culture there like putting up the lights and i'm trying to tell that story and nobody did a hard trick but it's entertaining yeah and it's i think it's gonna be cool and there should be regular edits going on too in the world but i want to like broadcast the people and like what they're doing and Mm -hmm. then do those kinds of things so that's where the storytelling stuff kind of comes back into it and i just did it piggybacked off of another trip because everybody was whooped that day and they were already done riding so Mm -hmm. i didn't have a job to do that i didn't do i just was like i'm down to go to the skate park if if someone wants to take me over there and i'm gonna film these guys and it turned out awesome and those guys i mean i've been to hawaii a few times but i'm becoming my friends i've you know like they've uh they're all really cool people. They all really love riding. And I mean, I'm not there now and they're probably having that same session. Yeah. You know? Like it's, it's so cool. So I'm excited to like get that. Th- that thing's probably like halfway edited. I'm working oh, okay. on I'm trying to get it out soon. And so, yeah, for the, for 2023, I'm taking some steps into like getting into these other things. And I'm like pulling things off my hard drives that I'm like, I'm like, I've had this for a while. It needs to come out. Or mm-hmm. the ideas of some of the skit videos I have um, are coming, are getting like finished up uh, getting finished up here pretty soon too. Like mm-hmm. I have this theory of like how filming is like making a sandwich and I've like <laughs> always wanted to shoot it like 
a commercial for a sandwich mm -hmm. with like layers and like things coming together and stuff like that. Um, like the, you know, the pieces of the sandwich coming together and explaining how like, you know, that clip is like the protein of the sandwich. Yeah. It could be a meat. It could be a veggie patty, whatever, but that's not a sandwich. It's just a piece of meat. And it would just be like an unattractive, boring shot of that. Yeah. And it's like, and you can maybe add like another angle and now maybe you have like a sandwich. That's still a pretty boring sandwich. And then it goes through and explains like, when you get there, what does the spot look like? Um, is there any prep to it? Like, is you have to wax the ledge. Is there mm -hmm. a good run-up shot? Did he fall? Like, you don't want to fall, but if you have a fall, it's kind of like bacon on top. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. it's like once all that stuff kind of comes together, it'll be funny, but maybe it'll have people realize when they go to edit, you don't just go. Yeah, it's not just it's one. It's just this one clip. Yeah. It's like. A run-up, a look, of all, and you don't use all of it. You don't have to use all of it, but you have the option to, and you realize that there's more to the clip than just the one make mm -hmm. and, and the one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, more for somebody who's getting into it, and you can do all this stuff on your phone. Like, I'm not saying get a camera. You can piece all those pieces together on mm -hmm. your phone, edit it on your phone. You don't need much. That's just, like, the basics of yeah. filming, and I want to, like, help put that stuff out there. And, you know, on top of that, I want to get more into depth with people on like how to use Premiere or like how to use things quickly or like, how, again, how to like be, be efficient in what you're doing and um, how to not make mistakes that cost you in the end. Yeah. About losing footage or you don't know where something is because yeah. of organization. All stuff took me forever because nobody wants to talk about those boring things even online it's like hard to find or it's overwhelming they go oh blah 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 and i'm like i'm not familiar with these terms like yeah so i want to try to make it more basic for people and easier for people so i got like a, i don't know a youtube kind of thing i'm going to try and do okay to to get that stuff going in the f pretty pretty soon i mean like some of the videos are, are being worked on now mm -hmm. others they just have to the ideas have to come to the surface and then and then be done but yeah that's like why that's like where i am right now is like the bmx edit is sick i love that i've done it i'd like to keep doing it from time to time i'd love to do more storytelling i'd love to do things that feel like commercials um and uh i don't know they, that's pretty much it yeah but like because i always because we work together mm -hmm. but then like i followed you you know like because that's the i guess the <clears throat> great thing about instagram and that stuff is that like even though i don't talk to didn't talk to you for a long time yeah i still knew what you're doing yeah and that was a cool thing and then it was just kind of like watching you grow into your profession and just it was it was like oh that's cool oh i heard he got a thing with fox like that's rad yeah doing yeah. that kind of thing and then it's like oh dude he's like filming dakota like all the time mm -hmm. like who doesn't love to watch that dude ride like i'm not even a bmx dude oh, but i've had bmx bike but it's just like that there's certain types of people that you can watch mm -hmm. that even if you're not 100 percent into it it still grabs you and still makes you want to watch more yeah you know like i'm partially like i got into bmx because of all you guys and um because of the shop and stuff like that yeah um and especially because of like chris bondis like he mm -hmm. was the reason why because I met him when I was living out in Chicago, even though he's from here and we both are from here. Um, but like, how did, like, just starting out, like getting that first, like real big bump with Fox, like how did, how did that kind of come about? Well, it, it all, it is a lot of stuff about who you know, but you also have to be able to hang. 
Mm-hmm. Like, just be, again, like, um, there's like a sense of like being reliable and being like, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word eager, but it is, there is an eagerness to it. You have to really, really want it. I put a ton of things on like life, life on hold. Mm-hmm. And I also went all in on trying to film to the point where I think other people have like an ultimatum that's like, okay, you're not really making a lot of money. So you're going to have to, uh, go out, like bow out of doing this and, and work on a regular job. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just got, I did luck plays a lot into it. Like there's, there's the story. If you want me to go from like the, the top of it, it, we kind of did cover some of it and it, it all kind of comes back into right place, right time kind yeah. of stuff. And people, you know, but I do think this is what I do think. I think the path I have is the path I had mm-hmm. out of those things. But I don't think, I think that I'd probably be on this couch talking to you or some way doing what I'm doing just through a different way. Because I wasn't, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to work at Fox and oh, I'm going to be a cult filmer. Mm -hmm. I probably would have been a YouTuber early on. But I had a full-time gig doing cult stuff that when YouTube popped off, one of the things I, when I looked at YouTube originally, I thought it was so corny because I understood all the tricks and I felt like, I, f- I felt like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that. That's mm-hmm. I know what they're doing. It's easy. Mm-hmm. All that stuff's easy. Like, And it's not in the sense of doing it over and over and over again. And I didn't realize how lucrative it can be at the mm-hmm. time. I don't think it's very lucrative now for the majority of people. But it's not like people aren't still being actors today. Like, yeah. they're always, It's always like there's somebody going to do it, yeah. right? Um, but at the same time... Uh, I think that like I wanted to, and those are just the paths that that opened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, again, luck and timing is like what plays into a lot of it. But if we go back to the beginning, is that um, Anthony Canavari? You know Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he is kind of the initial part, and Corey Emon. Like, I think we used his camera to film this like fake promo thing at Fullerton Bikes where Anthony pulls his own bike out of a box that looks like a fit complete. Mm-hmm. I always thought that part was a little bit strange, but the bike, the bikes were pretty similar. Like if he did pull out a new one, he could have done the same stuff on it, but he pulls the bike out, builds it up. We go to the skate park and we make like a, an ad for the bike shop pretty much. Mm-hmm. And because of the vlogs or something, it got on the come up or vital or somewhere Robbie Morales sees it and he pays attention so much and still does that he's like, when he saw me at a, a video premiere or something at Epic, he was like, oh, I saw that, that promo was cool yeah. and they and moved on. So he saw that and then when they needed something done, I believe it was like a DAC bike check mm-hmm. and I think this is actually like a testing thing. They needed me to do this other thing, but he had me go do the bike check with DAC. Yeah. We filmed the bike check and... The next thing he goes is like, all right, uh, we're doing this behind the scenes to stay fit. Mm-hmm. Come in. I have a meeting with him and Moeller. Uh, we go over what we're going to do. And then I uh, start working on these behind the scenes videos. And mm-hmm. then, like, the, the, the stuff that went into that can be like, it was good and bad. You know, a lot of it was me learning how to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize I was having like a crash course in like yeah. uh, how to make things work. So that probably played a big 
rolling it. I wanted it so bad that when I was done working at the bike shop, I went home and I started working on these videos for the behind mm-hmm. the scenes thing. And I was getting paid. They they offered me money and I took the money and I said I needed one video a week and I, mm-hmm. I met that thing. Even when there was no footage to work with, I was going through archives, making stuff up. It was super weird. Mm-hmm. But that did something for me that I didn't realize at the time. And it, it, it was like a couple years ago that I went, oh, I've been doing this forever. This like making something out of nothing almost. Like, mm-hmm. all right, what's interesting? We'll take this piece and we'll take that piece and kind of like concocting up these cocktails of random liquor. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like super random, right? And yeah. so, um, I, uh, yeah, so like that was where I was with that. And then when that video, when that video ended and they, and and then came out. That's when Robbie left and he went to Colt. Mm-hmm. And I was still really new at filming. So uh, Ryan Navazio, who was like probably one of the best BMX filmers to ever do it, at least in my opinion, he was like top notch, and he still is in in my book. And um, he was working on the first two videos for Colt, okay. and I was just filming the Yawn DVD and working with the locals. Mm-hmm. Like so, we're are not the lo- yeah the locals, but like more the AM riders stuff like that excuse me I had a burp you're good <laughs> so yeah I was just working with uh, the AM dudes and I was working on my own video and working on my own stuff and and uh, eventually I, th- I was still working at the bike shop and Robbie was a team manager at Fox so all this stuff spawns from Robbie so like mm-hmm. my foot in the door and when it was first happening other people were getting the filming jobs at Fox it wasn't like Oh, I'm just over here doing it. There were mm-hmm. there were other people getting these jobs, and but they would get the job, and it seemed like they had a falling out with at the end with Fox. Like they did it, but Fox wasn't happy with them, or they weren't happy with Fox or something, because it didn't seem to repeat. Like mm-hmm. it was like this guy, now the this next guy, is, yeah. and then uh, <clears throat> they Robbie had me come in for a shoot. He's like, "Hey, you you could probably do this one. Do you want to try this one out?" And so then I go there, and again, I'm I'm starting to get those those checks that are like bigger than anything I've seen mm-hmm. from the bike shop or anything. And I'm like, wait, what? And then like, I get another one and then I'm like, but if I just could get these, <laughs> yeah. I could just keep doing that. Yeah. Like, so then I, I get to a point where I kind of stacked up some of those checks because I didn't need to spend all the money. Mm-hmm. And I go, dude, I need to try this. And I just tell Mike, like at the bike shop, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm going to go, try and do this i keep getting steady work i'm starting to you know get a few because i haven't dropped the ball i think i'd done the first road trip thing with them already where mm-hmm. I, we got in the bus and we went up north up to morgan hill and we came back um and that was called the golden state of mind tour as the first like official like fox video thing i made okay for them and that one was where they were like given they were in the in the like meeting I know nothing. Nothing explained to me. There, I meet with the lady. I think her name was Mindy Foster, and then Robbie and Jim. Jim Infuso was there. Jim Infuso is amazing. He is a he's a huge inspiration to me. He was, uh, I don't know the title exactly, but marketing director or something at Fox. Okay. Who played a huge impact in my like spark of like that kind of work. Like mm-hmm. I got to see kind of how this stuff's laid out. I mean, they're making like, like, uh, like vision boards and like they're like they're like putting storyboards together and they're like 
making shot lists and doing all these mm-hmm. things. I've never been handed that stuff in my life. So yeah, once yeah. I started seeing the production side of it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's not just get the clip, move on. You're like, all right, I need to somehow have the logo in here and I have, we're going to go here for for feel mm-hmm. and we're going to go here for like this. And so it was really cool. It was like more production-y and, and I like that. But um, so anyways, those they were all in the meeting and they go, unfortunately, we can only offer you $300 a day. And I was like, eh, all right, I'll, I'll take it. And I walk out of there. I never right. been $300 a day yeah. in my life when, at this age. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what? What? And yeah. I know, I'm like, so at the end of this, I'm making three grand? What? Okay, let's go. And then I'm just like super hyped up and like, you know, and then I held on to that and then got another job and I, I held some of that money and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. And the the part that like doesn't really make sense it's like the most lucky part of this whole thing is Robbie already connected me he did he did his thing he connected me to Fox I wouldn't have this opportunity without Robbie stepping up and being like yo do this you're the dude for this job like whatever it's still freelance I don't like work for them um but then one time after I quit my job I had a project that I was finishing for Fox so I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to bring this hard drive back and I'm going to let them know that I quit my job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just told her that I quit my job. She said, can you work for these next three days? And then those three days just turned into like me not really leaving. And uh, so at some point, at some point, they ended up wanting to get a video director. And so he was going to oversee, you know, all the projects and everything going on. And they wouldn't need two other two other assistant like editors so it kind of came down to it's either going to be me or it's going to be this other the other dude Fom, who in my opinion was the dude for the job because he had already been there for a long time he was the one helping me out he had more knowledge um so in my opinion i was gone like mm-hmm. i didn't think that i was going to stick around and the one of the big reasons for that is because when he, when he first met me he had to see me work on a project that was like not really worth looking at as like the the project that are you going to pick this person or that person. They're doing a sales meeting and they had um, they had like the office was full of people working mm-hmm. and and Ryan Marcus mm-hmm. and Fom got to work in the video in the studio, but there's only space for like two people in there. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work out where everyone else is working. And the thing that they wanted me to work on was for the other brand they own called Shift. And what they had me working on was just iPhone footage that people that worked for the company filmed themselves. It was like a skit where the dude's standing in the street and he's talking, and then all of a sudden the Shift bus runs him over. And so they filmed him talking and then he got out of the way and then they drove the bus by and I'm supposed to cut this stuff together and make it look funny and all this stuff. And the next thing I know, he comes over, Ryan Marcus comes over and he goes, Oh, can I, can I look at what you're working on? And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, yeah. please like judging me off this. I know I'm not going to be working here anymore. And he looks at it and he's like laughing and whatever. And I'm just like, what? Like in my head, I'm just so confused. But yeah. He knew from like what they gave me to work with and what I did with it that I was good at what I did because he probably would have done the same thing in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So I think he saw that we'd work together well and I ended up getting that job and 
when I when I think about it more, Fom, even though I thought he was better than me, he kind of wanted to make like music videos, and I'm uh-huh. pretty I'm pretty sure he works in like Hollywood now because he was already like calling and trying to get light rentals and 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 organized shoots and music video shoots and stuff and i wasn't doing any of that stuff mm-hmm. i was just wanting to film bmx or like action sports stuff so it kind of worked out in that way but ryan marcus is like the third person that plays like a huge role in my uh in like the the pillars of of things that help shape me like mm-hmm. mike franzi got me equipment early on and he believed in me and kind of like got me to get going robbie morales gave me a lot of opportunities it's his you know involvement that opened all these doors based on him being team managers and and knowing other people and and just seeing me kind of fit in these places Mm -hmm. and then when i worked with ryan marcus for many years at fox he helped me shape my videos to be better videos learn more about the storytelling learn more about editing learn more about how to shoot and like do things that are in a production world Mm -hmm. that i never thought i'd be doing at all so i have a huge shout out to all three of those people because they they're definitely the 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 people who influenced me and made it so that I can like learn these things and take them on myself and yeah. and, and do stuff in For the sure. future. So yeah, I, I ended up spending a lot of time at Fox, but those are like those are like the the ways that those things came about. And again, they're just like right place, right time, uh-huh. people you know. But like if I wasn't confident and capable and so eager to learn then I also probably wouldn't have been picked for those positions. Completely. So it's it's it not all it's not all on just like the luck of it. Yeah. Because I do think I would have found other opportunities, done other things, but mm-hmm. those are just the ones that played out for me. And you gotta really want stuff early on. And I'm not I'm not saying you definitely have to work for free in in the beginning and 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 prove yourself. But in this day and age, don't let anybody take advantage of you. Yeah. Don't like completely work for free especially if you can uh if you want to do it for a living because it's easy for them to to just like lowball you or not like like at this moment i'm trying to figure out worth i'm trying to figure out okay well if these things create attention and views and that kind of like makes somebody interested in a product then yeah you don't need uh some percentage of the profit of the thing Mm -hmm. but like without it am i the person who's making the thing interesting that would make them want it like or could you just find somebody else to do it like i want to i want to have my own touch on something the same way uh you know that when i say this name it's not like i'm putting myself there but like i almost don't need to know what quentin tarantino movie it is i'm just gonna, we're just gonna you're, you're gonna you're go know s- his style yeah and, and it's gonna be interesting even if he's switching it up because mm-hmm. you know his touch and feel and whatever i'm not mm-hmm. saying anything about my own work no, in that regards yeah but that's like the best example because i could say yeah. spielberg or whatever and it's like different but when you when i say tarantino you know there's something in that storytelling and that visual and that thing that's going to be unique and interesting yeah and gonna hook you and i want that stuff i For like sure. i think that's super important You know, you you finally got in. You got into a spot with Fox. You started, you know, like catching a rhythm, making videos, getting to work with a bunch of different other types of athletes than just BMX riders. You know, going on trips and you're saying camping trips with, um, you know, wakeboarders and surfers, you know, like all the other types. But like what I would say 
like let's moving on past that like what brought you did Robbie pull you back to Colt so um I think that in the around 2014 we had finished working on the am video for Colt so I was working at Fox and I actually made more money working part-time for Fox than I did when I uh, let's see how, how do I actually put this I was working part-time for Fox and working on a DVD for Colt. So uh, I'd have, I was on a retainer and I got the same amount of money every month and it was a, a good check. I pretty much could just like live off of that. Mm-hmm. And then we were working on small talk and Robbie was like, hey, I'll give you X amount of money to finish out this video like every month. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. So. The more you like when you flick on that mic, it's like, dude, dude, okay, you know, so it's like, all right, so you can touch it. And try to <clears throat> what be am I? Like, oh, I'm just doing, I'm just messing with it. Yeah, all like right, more I'll, like hands I'll stop, I'll stop messing no, with no, the no, mic. No, you're good. It just, it's, I didn't it, realize yeah, that dude, it picks up, okay, because that's like one of the things, like you were saying, having the boom mic and having yeah. something that they can't touch, yeah, because even with it being on a table, yeah, like you can, yep, yeah, hear all this. Well, if things. this sounds good, then no, I'll just keep good. it, I'll keep it like this, you're perfect, but yeah, I love to fidget with stuff, so that's probably <laughs> you know, what's I, going on, yeah, maybe. um, so yeah, anyways, so. I was working for Fox and I was working part-time and I got a retainer every month. Um, and the work was like kind of coming and going. Sometimes I had two projects to do that were whatever. And then at the same time, Robbie was like, Hey, let's finish up this, uh, am video. And he gave me money every month to like work on that. And then I was working at Fox and like with that is when I like realized it took me a while. I went like, I went, you know, in the beginning, you're kind of thinking like, this is going to run out, I'll get a job, this is going to run out, I'll get a job. And then after a while, I realized I was like, wait, it's been this way for like a year. I guess I could go try and get like my own apartment now mm-hmm. that I have this money. And like, so I started to like, try and figure, figure out how to like, actually kind of make it more my career. And just, I knew if I just had those things, it, it would work out. And so I just worked harder on finishing this video. I guess, like I said, this is like 2014. And so I'm kind of just bouncing between these two jobs. And eventually Fox wants to hire me full time. Mm-hmm. And so this is actually probably like 2015. This comes around and I go, what? Full time? Like, and you know, I'm traveling a lot. I'm shooting moto. We're starting to get like real gear. Like uh, we, we have multiple drones we we have new computers we have like uh you know i'm shooting moto stuff more i'm shooting with like chad reed and ryan dungy and like oh, all these all these like ken roxon like people like uh-huh. that like I'm, I'm i'm like getting more into that world and like i think it's sick i, I and i i'm like well bmx isn't quite the same like there's not i'm not really doing that project anymore because that was done mm-hmm. um and I was doing some some other projects time to time. We went to Hawaii. That was like the first cult trip uh, to Hawaii that we did. And that video turned out really awesome. So when they offered the position, I was like, yeah, of course. Like, this is where it goes. And um, I come to find out that it wasn't the right time and right place. Like, I would – by doing that, I kind of stepped down from cult and was like, oh, I can't do cult full-time anymore. Or, I mean, I wasn't doing full-time, but I was – on the weekends going out filming and then coming home and working most of the week for Fox. And mm-hmm. 
I was like, well, then now I'm making way more money for just doing the Fox thing. So I took it and I only lasted there three months before I realized I wanted to film BMX stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I would go online and watch, uh, I'd go online and watch BMX videos. And then I was like, ah, I I wish I was making BMX videos. And then like, it just kind of like got to me and like, for some reason at Fox, once I became an employee, not just a freelance guy, they like, it felt like they treated me different. Mm-hmm. Like things that would go wrong, they'd go, I don't know, talk to him. And I'd be like, wait, we, what about you? We were supposed to do this to get, like, it just got weird. And like, I'm not mad at anybody over it. It's just like, I realized a corporate world, especially when you're not, when you're freelance, you're not in actually. Mm-hmm. So you get treated different. And uh, I, I was like, this isn't fun. Or there were all types of like issues and, and these things existed the whole time, but like they would like send a wakeboard guy out to shoot a promo and then he'd be wearing like a like a black board short or something. And then the board short that they wanted promoted was like this crazy rainbow color one. And then they would like at the end it would flash with this and I'm like, How does this relate to the the product like what happened here like mm-hmm. and i'm just stuck making this thing work mm-hmm. just make it work and i'm like this is that thing we were talking about where you know if if it was a tarantino movie you know what to expect i'm like anyone could do this i'm not it doesn't matter now it's just like here's the footage make the thing thank you move on and sometimes maybe not even a thank you yeah. you know it's like it got different and i was like i'm going back to like my people like the people who like when i do something it might make somebody want to go ride. Like mm-hmm. they, there's an impact to the scene and like the brand could really use my help too. And so I went back and said, Hey, how about I get this much to come back to Cole and, uh, I'll, I'll just go full time and we'll just start making stuff. And yeah. like, that's when I think a big push from Colt video started happening. And I, I think that's like 2015, 2016, there's like a big change of like, now there's like there were always a lot of videos from me but they it became like okay we're paying you we're making lots of videos now mm-hmm. and and i liked that hustle for a long time uh i think we brought i don't know we started working with like a bunch of people that we didn't normally work with just to like make cool i got to work with aks from like England is like one of the most creative, like best riders there is. I think mm-hmm. we brought Sean Ricani in at that time, which is like we never really brought a outside rider into our circle to, to be on the team, but like it was like a big deal for us to have him and he was like amazing at like what he did and, and like all these little moments that I can remember from like that time period that were like really cool and that was like when things, you know, started becoming like more serious for me to work at, at mm-hmm. Colt and, and have that role. Um, but like, there's not a, there's not a whole lot that kind of comes from like the like video making side that happened. It was kind of just like make a bunch of videos and those, it was like every time you made it, you got a little bit better. I filmed it a little bit better. Uh, I edited it a little bit better and it wasn't like until 2018 that I understood like audience grasp. Mm -hmm. Like I Actually, Ryan Marcus took me to see a thing of um, this guy who makes the like short 
films that they play on SNL. Like okay. if it goes to look and it looks like it's a commercial or a movie or a skit that's uh-huh. not the live stuff, he's the guy who makes those. Okay. And he was talking about lighting a bunch. And he like you would think that I would know this stuff from being a video like video making for this long, but like he's talking about how like the colors change throughout the movie and then they turn to this color and now it's getting intense because at this point it's all story writing. It's all Mm -hmm. like script writing stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wait, what? Because I didn't really watch movies. I watched BMX videos, skate videos. Like I was strictly from those kind of worlds. So understanding storytelling was like farther out for me. And then he's like, yeah, look at the way these, the the covers of the movies look or the movie posters. They all have these tones to them. It's going to have yellow for this. It's going to have a blue and a orange for these things. And I'm like, yeah, I never thought of any of this stuff. Yeah. And so then you go through more of the stuff he's talking about and he's, and he's talking about like ways to hook people and these different things. And I'm like now getting interested in like the storytelling, but I was trying to figure out how do I do that with what I'm already working with? And mm-hmm. then it comes to like 2017, I start to kind of like find my path. And then we start to make a new DVD for Colt and work with uh, Adam Roy, who is no longer with the brand, but he was he was a guy who started the uh, the look and the feel of, of the brand. And he was like the graphics designer. And, okay. and it's what like Robbie and him worked on to start the brand initially. And... Working with him opened my eyes to some other things. It wasn't like a ton of stuff, but he came to my house and we and we worked together on like kind of shaping what we thought the video would be. And that's like an art director and a videographer working together, not a writer. I didn't work with the writer on what trips are we going to take and what mm-hmm. things are going to go in here. But him just giving me snippets of stuff off of like this old dad cam thing he had that was like a VHS. We actually had to hook the VHS uh thing up to my computer so we could like look at it like and i never done that before yeah. and it was just like super interesting to like try and create a new feel and like you know he's given us shots of people marching down the street and like you know the video is called it's later than you think and, and yeah. trump is already president and so it's like created this like era of like oh we're getting it's getting eerie and like like things things could be bad you know regardless of your take on those like political situations it was a time it was a polarizing time and it was like an interesting aspect to like kind of get into Mm -hmm. and um it's been a long time since we made a dvd i thought the name was great Mm and it's like it's like you know he had this hourglass animation that like i had to add sound to and he had this this other animation where the door opens and the lights turn on and like a guy walks up and you're like i'm like oh cool i have to do sound design like never really had to do it before and it was so fun to just like have this thing be drawn on and i add pencil sounds and like all this Mm -hmm. stuff it was like super cool to like work in those kind of ways and then i had to lay the video out and now i'm like okay we're we're introducing Corey walsh like our original plot was to introduce Corey walsh as pro but he got this offer in the beginning of the year while we were working on the video and we had to move on that then because our we were going to make him pro when the video came out later mm-hmm. in the year mm-hmm. so we couldn't be like oh take that and like you know we had to go all right we're making it now like yeah. you're pro now but we always wanted to put him as the opener of the video mm-hmm. like that was that was the big idea so still have him as the opener and then now i'm figuring out who's at the end and it's like okay well how's the middle gonna go 
what are we going to do to keep like a waveform going? Mm -hmm. This is when I'm like, and you know, before this, it was web videos. So it was like this video, that video, not like kind of one person. Now I'm like, okay, I got to keep you entertained for a long period of time now. And how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. So I have to lay out all the writers, kind of start to figure out what the music is based on the them, like the, the writer and what they want, but also based on like what's coming next in the soundtrack, because I can't go like two heavy songs back to back yeah. when I have, or I can't actually can't go two mellow songs back to back. I got to break this stuff up. Yeah. So Corey is action packed and Andrew cast. Uh, he was, he has something that's a little more soulful. I have to put that in right after him because mm -hmm. the things I'm lining up after that, it wouldn't work. Like, I don't know. So laying all that stuff out was like so fun to me. And then like adding the bits of art that Adam supplied and taking Robbie's direction in, in, in places like it, that's when I think things started to turn and people, people had even told me like before that video, we watched your stuff. It was cool. But now I want you to make videos for me, like, mm -hmm. you know, other, other writers and other brands and stuff. And I'm like, well, no, that's, that's right. flattering. That's yeah. super awesome. Um, but you also have to realize, like, even if I go do some stuff on my own, it might not be as good as the things that had these other people's inputs put into them. Mm -hmm. And I think learning how you're going to take those inputs and apply them to the video and not make everything about yourself with putting yourself in it too. Like it's an important balance you're going to have to find of like figuring out how to do all that stuff if you're trying to like get into video or like do those kinds of things and that, that might just be my approach other people might look at it way differently like hands off nobody's touching my stuff mm -hmm. and that's fine for them but for me working uh with other people only made it easier in a way because i go okay so this song has to be in how am i going to put it in and it's just like that easy for me like not that easy but like now it's not like any song you're saying this is the song the first cult video that was ever made i edited and i kind of forget about this but uh a bunch of the team had filmed a bunch of stuff and like colt is literally like going through the processes of like trying to get a frame made and like uh finalizing the logo or like mm -hmm. little things that are like it doesn't it doesn't really exist but the the it is going to exist like they're going through the motion of it they have footage uh, you know, that every like shirts are being made, things, things are in the process. I don't think there's a building, uh, yet, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like all that very early stages. Um, and, uh, I even believe Dakota came to my house and Robbie came to my house and was like, uh, helping me edit the video. And I remember Dakota had like, uh, on his computer lined some stuff up, but he didn't show me. And then when I went, when he came to my house, I had already lined up the beginning of the video the way he lined it up. Mm -hmm. Like, and so he was like, oh, I think this is going to work because you put the same four clips in the same order I put them in. Uh, and Adam Roy, I think, or I can't exactly know who, but I'm pretty sure he picked the song. And I would have said the song, it's a Funkadelic song. Mm -hmm. I would have said, this isn't an edit song. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, I was like, no, no, no. But like, this is what they want. So here I am putting it to it. Everybody loves it. I love the song now, but I didn't in the beginning. It was mm -hmm. just what I had to do. I had to go, okay, let's make this work. And I had to open my eyes and ears to like how it's going to work. And that, I've had to do that over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm very optimistic when it comes to like 
sometimes I won't answer people. They go, hey, will this song work? I go, give me a Like, let me see. And I'll put this stuff under the footage and you find little pieces where something works you would never know. Mm-hmm. And I usually lock those things in. I go, well, that's staying there. And then like, what else can I figure out to put in this place? What's, an, what's a good opener? What's going to hook you from the beginning? A lot of times I'll make a video backwards from the end first because I know what the end is. Mm-hmm. And I know what the clip that needs to go in after that is. And yeah. I know what that third clip is. So I put those there. Boom. I don't have to think about them anymore. Yeah. Now I'm like, what's going to hook the front? Boom. I put that there. A couple other things. And then I just let things sit with the music. Like somebody does like a big gap and there's some break in the song. I'm like, whoa, that worked perfect. Let's just lock that into place. Mm-hmm. And other times I come back and go, okay, it's good, but what if? And I switch it to a different thing. And I go, I either go, that works better. Or I go, nah, we'll leave it how it was. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, don't worry about it. And sometimes there's gaps and you go, well, I think B-roll is just going to go in there. And you try the B-roll and it works. Then you go, all right. And it's like sometimes just kind of goes. Just flows. Because you just take the things you know already and you put them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And they be open to the music. And I've had to take things out or people have a few songs they like. And I go, well, let's try to use them all. And I like create a short piece of one, okay. and then the and then the meat of the video is another one, mm-hmm. another song, and that change is another piece where you grab attention. You go, okay, it's like this for a little while, and then somebody falls, and the thing goes, and then you put a in there, and then you bring it in with something fast because the next song comes in, and now we have a whole different thing going on, and that can just ride it out. But you get that taste of like maybe like a mellow song or something that shows like a different side of somebody. And then right into like that punk song that you would expect them to ride to or something yeah. like those are those are the kinds of things that uh, I don't know I guess I've learned over time and I don't even know how I got to this place but it started with like being open I think to music or like under yeah. like I don't know shape oh shaping interest like ca- captivating oh, okay yeah. I was talking about making that DVD and and uh, I guess I was kind of talking about the year frame the the time frame of me like moving from Fox into Colt. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't a lot, I don't think there was a lot. The biggest thing that happened in like the 2016 era is uh, we did a, a Vans Am contest at the, at the block and orange. Mm-hmm. And this kid from Louisiana pulls up who had won another contest in Texas. I think it was Chase Hawks born and raised contest back in the day. And he won that. And he came out to compete in this contest that we were throwing. And he just kills it. And that kid was Lil Juice. And he's like, I want to whip El Toro. And I'm like, okay, uh, I don't really care if you want to whip El Toro. We should go do something else. And then he said that he talked to some of his other friends. And they're just going to go there. But he was with me. And I was like, okay, I'll go film you whip El Toro. And then the lady on the cart pulls up when he's trying to whip it. And she won't leave. And we just get into a whole battle with her. And mm-hmm. he ends up landing it uh, sketchily, but he lands it in front of her. And we don't know what to do with this video because it was supposed to be a clip in a video in an edit that we haven't even filmed yet. It was mm-hmm. the first, like the first thing he filmed. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, wait, do we just put out him whipping this thing with the lady? And so I cut it up and we put it out. And when there's a becomes a viral video. Mm-hmm. And I went on some TV shows because of it. Oh, really? I'm on the Tosh.0 makes fun of me uh-huh. in a in a clip because of it. Because I said something about 
Lil Juice coming from Louisiana. Okay. And you know how like he would stop the video and make jokes? Uh-huh. Well, he starts talking about me because I'm talking in the background. And he's like, you're not very smart if you're from Louisiana. Like he says, he's like starts making all these jokes and I'm like, I'm not from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is, but like, yeah. it's just so funny. Like, so that was like the, like one of the bigger things that happened, but the rest of it was like just a bunch of cult web videos that were good, but like it wasn't until like 2018 when we did It's Later Than You Think uh-huh. that, that I really like took shape of like how I make a BMX video and like what I kind of like contribute to it or like how I go about like um, processing it down and like trying to find things that hold attention and like mm-hmm. really bring attention into it um, and like the pacing throughout the video to make sure yeah, this, that nobody's like kind of tuning out or going, eh, well, that was whatever. I'll yeah. shorten the video up a lot if I need to just to create like impact out of it. Because yeah. if I think somebody's going to go, eh, because I have those reactions, I'll watch a video and go, dang, if you would have like switched these clips and maybe taken four of those other clips out, I would have never went, well, what's he doing? Like, yeah. what? I would have just been like, I can't wait till another video this guy comes out. I wasn't enough in here. I want to see more. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important thing to do, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, then what about this? Uh, so just recently, you just got back from a Baja trip. You uh, want to talk about that that project a little bit? So the thing that you were, t- you were saying, your friend showed you that I worked on this uh video about a guy who made a yacht in his front yard yeah so these are connected so growing up there was a there's this thing called the common crew and they were a young group of kids out of huntington who killed it on bikes made videos made, made a huge impact on the the scene of bmx and they're older now and they're all doing different stuff a lot of the riders are still riding but the people who are filming one is in particular is uh is this dude sauce and sauce is been connected to these guys doing this baja race for a couple years now Mm -hmm. and i didn't really understand it i don't know anything about it but the people in the boat video one of them is the guy who is like the head mechanic of the race team Mm -hmm. and he's like the super info and and important part of them all doing that stuff Mm -hmm. and so i got to meet him because uh sauce asked to borrow my camera and i said why don't i just go with you because i'm trying to learn more stuff so let's go shoot interview stuff you know i'm down so we make the boat video or i help him film the boat video he does all the editing he makes it they put it up it does really well and so now he's trying to do this thing where he gets uh he gets like 10 videographers bmx videographers together mm-hmm. and we go on a uh what do you call it just like run and gun shoot of trying to follow the class 11 car through the baja 1000 mm-hmm. and i know nothing about the baja 1000 i'm but he's telling me that i'm gonna love it and that like his text to me was like he said you want to diversify your filming this is it and yeah. i'm like Okay, and then he goes, but you need to watch this movie. And I go, okay, and he shows me Dust of Glory. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's an hour and 27 minutes long. I'm not going to watch this. I don't know how long it is, but it's long. And I was like, let me click a little bit of it. I clicked a little bit of it, and it kind of ruined the rest of my day. Not really, but I watched the whole thing. I was like, what? This is amazing. Yeah. And then I wasn't quite sure what we're doing. I thought 
once I saw what was going on, I was like, wait, do I have to stand in the middle of the desert and just wait for cars to pass by? That's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, do the storytelling. I want to do the, the cool stuff. And he explains to me more about what's going on with what, with the shoot and the idea. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy. So they leave around noon and they have 36 hours to complete the race. Mm-hmm. They're the slowest cars in the class. They're going to take the longest and they have the most problems. And you're just going to be in the desert. And you just have to be up the entire time they're doing it. And I'm like, dude, what? And so he puts together this whole crew of people. Uh, we have a full Zoom call with it. Where I'm meeting some people that I haven't seen in a long time or meeting a couple of new people that I haven't really met. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be awesome. And so we go out there and, you, you know, we're going to Mexico or in Encinitas and like, uh, I don't know what to expect. And in the beginning, it's a little weird. You're like, okay, uh, what's going on? Cause nobody's racing yet. It's what, how are we going to get to all these things? And he has this stuff all mapped out. He, he, we have like GPS on where the car is at all times. Like we, we, there's like so many aspects to it that once you get into it, it really starts to get like you, I'm now with that car rooting for that car Mm -hmm. to go. And Mm -hmm. it's like super exciting. And then you hear on the radio, like, Oh, we need a swing arm. And like, and I'm at the pit with the, like with the chase crew. And I'm like, what? There's just so many people involved in making this stuff happen. Like I'm kind of not understanding it the whole time, but I'm like, I have to ask questions. I have to learn. These guys, they take off at noon and we just chase them down for 36 hours to get across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And all the things that are going on in the in the meantime of that, I'm just like, it's like surprise after surprise. And I think one of the hardest parts that I could learn from going to film it the next time I go is the really tough times when people are mad at each other because they're in a hurry trying to fix a bug in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. and try to get back on the race is so important. And I was told that. Sauce told me that over and over again. But I don't know these people. And when they're angry, they don't want a camera. I had other guys behind their backs saying like, turn it off, turn yeah. it off. And it's like, I was like, yeah, but I know I need it. But like, all right, I'll do what I respect. And now that I know them yeah, and we go to do it again, I know that we can make an even better video. But the thing that I think Sauce is cooking up right now is going to be really, really important. And the reason that like I'm saying yes and I wanted to go for it, even though I had no idea what to expect, is because that boat video did so well. Mm-hmm. And I know that if he's on to something, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be good. Yeah. And he also is the person who said, Little Juice, go whip El Toro. Yeah. Like he knows what to do. He knows things that should be like – he knows what should be done, and he knows where those stories are. And he's not even a storyteller guy. But I'm finding out he is. It's just that he doesn't have, like, work that's known for it. Yeah. He knows what's interesting. He can pull things out of people. When we're at the finish line and he's, like, interviewing people, I'm like, oh, man, I'm good for the second camera. I have to learn to get to his level mm-hmm. of just knowing how to get in someone's face and ask the question and get stuff out of people because I like flying the wall, like – do mm-hmm. your thing. I'm not here. Yeah. Like I like that. And so I have things to learn that are in that regard. But this Baja 1000 thing, I don't know if I necessarily covered all the details of it, but I think that like, you know, there's plenty to talk about with just like how this race goes and like how many highs and lows people go through of like, you're like 
hoping to win and we didn't win the another class 11 car beat us by a lot and we literally watched that thing just drive right past us and we hear on our radio oh we have to change the transmission and that other car just goes room past us and yeah. we're like okay we can only hope that they're gonna have to change the transmission soon like mm-hmm. we're, we're done like what and like so it 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 was there is good story there. There's a lot of exciting things. I hope I can help Sauce with like little pieces to help it. There's a talk of maybe making some music for it. Um, scoring stuff is like this other avenue that I'd love to mm-hmm. get into with podcasts and my my music background and stuff like that in the future. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that that whole project and doing that was exactly the kinds of things I'm talking about. The BMX stuff has been great. But getting out there and shooting moto, it didn't even matter really what it was. It mattered that, like, there's a group of people that we're documenting that are putting so much heart and passion into it, and they're staying up all night. We have to stay up all night with mm-hmm. them. Uh, we're in the cold with them. We're in the problems they're with. I don't know how to turn a wrench on the car. That's fine. But by me filming it is going to put their story out there, mm-hmm. and then people might be really into the class 11 stuff because yeah. it's super interesting these mm-hmm. that car is not supposed to be going through that desert and not supposed to be going through that and the other things that i got to see that i stuck with the one of the teams like the chase car teams the whole time so i'm in a van listening to them talk about this and that explaining what goes on with the race but i see the car almost do nothing and sauce and a couple of the other people are in other cars getting to points where they can see it on these rocky sections and Mm -hmm. these and then when i get to see their footage i go wait that's what you're filming this is what this thing's going through Mm -hmm. it's insane it's like it should not be doing that stuff it's the same track that trophy truck's driving and it's like yeah and it's it's nuts and so i'm super excited to see that and of course to be a part of it but like there's a these are like the adventures that I'm, I'm hoping to do in the future and I'm looking for more storytelling kind of stuff and I want to just like you know I want to do it through BMX I want to do it through automotives I want to do it through cooking I want to do it there's so mm-hmm. many avenues you know uh, a musician artist like there's just a lot of avenues that I Definitely. would like to get my camera on and like tell those stories so I think that like 2023 should be a good year for me to just like take on these new challenges and hopefully by the end of it i understand it the way i understand bmx in a way Mm -hmm. and i can make those videos like that but for right now it's all going to be a learning thing Mm -hmm. and so maybe even those learning things can be entertaining to people and those can go on youtube and people can see that so Mm -hmm. it's kind of where i'm at that's what i'm thinking so well thanks again thank you for uh coming on and reconnecting and being able to help me with this podcast adventure that i'm on you know um (laughs) Well, so. it's, it's been fun and thanks for hitting me up like uh like i said i was excited to get out and do this stuff and i hadn't talked to you in years so yeah. it is good to reconnect and i'm glad you're doing all right and hope this uh podcast does well for you awesome. just keep uh keep on doing them because like i said i'm down to come back to do another one and hopefully sure. i got more stories for you and yeah. hopefully by then you've you've uh like developed a little bit more in this world and yeah the whole thing could be really sick so cool. thanks well, dude thank you That wraps up another episode of the Fill in the Frame Photography Podcast. Please like and subscribe and even tell a friend. See ya.